Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about a topic that has plagued the church from the very beginning. It's the topic of legalism. So let's get into it. What's up, guys? Uh, maybe a little bit of a different format today. Hey, backwards. Yeah, we got David here. I'm Joe, and I will be uh, just uh, machine gunning questions oh, no. over to... Uh, be nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, but we're going to be talking about legalism today. We got yep. Pastor David here, uh, and man, it's it's a big topic. Uh, it's always been a big topic, it seems, since yeah. the church has started. So, I don't know, w- when you hear the word legalism, what do you think about uh, for me, the first thing that comes up is just a regimented way of living, and if you don't live this way, uh, there are all kinds of, like, breaking the law. There's negative consequences and penalties, and so people that are confined to living a life under the Lord in fear. They're afraid. Everything has to be done a certain way, and if it's not done a certain way, we're not living up to this standard. God's going to be angry, and it just falls apart from there. So there's like really rigid, structured, demanding way of seeing God in the Bible. Yeah, but uh, in the Bible, there is the law, right? And there are laws given. Is it bad to not want to break them? Is it bad to to live in fear of that? So this is what's awesome, especially being a New Testament believer. Okay, Old Testament, they, sh- they should have gotten it. Yep. Uh, and many of them did, I think. But the law, I love what Paul says, the law is good if one uses it lawfully. And that is a way to illustrate our need for a savior. And God says, hey, here's how you have to live. We go, oh man, I can't. Uh, I need help. And God says, great. I'm glad you realize you need help. Let me help you. And so the law is simply to illuminate our inability to be perfect people. Um, And then second to that though, uh, I love, you can't find a law that if you broke it, it would be good for you. God does Mm. give these parameters and they're all Mm. actually, as science has developed in biology has developed and sociology and anthropology, all these things, everything that God put in place, as crazy as they seemed, now we know like, oh, wow, eating pork is a terrible idea, yep. especially back then. But bacon. <laughs> I know, right? But but back then, it was just the dirtiest, nastiest, yeah. Yeah. most parasite, bacteria-ridden meat. Yep. And they had to walk by faith. They didn't understand that. But if they obeyed God, guess what? They were healthier than all the tribes around them that did eat pork. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the law is good if one uses it lawfully. And yet to say that the law in and of itself is bad is wrong. It's just bad if you apply it in the wrong way. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it, it does make sense. So, you know, the law is there to illuminate our need for a savior, Full on. our inability to keep the law. Full on. Uh, After that, it's, oh, it's gone. It's gone, so we don't even think about it. No. We shouldn't even consider it. I mean, keep in mind, right? Play with it, think about it. Um, And I don't mean that in an irreverent term. A lot of people, I've taken phone calls, man, at the church and just been lit up because we don't live according to the law. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Well, that might lead me into my second. When you've seen legalism or people just so rigid about the law or just... In, in anything, I mean, it, can, it might not even just be be about the law, right? It could be about 
traditionalism, you know, like and being usually legalistic is. in that way. It right? Usually is. But what is like? How have you seen that manifest itself in the church? Maybe practical things that you've seen where people are just so like, this is the hill I'm dying on, and and uh, there's no way when you're like, man, like that's not this is not at all the heart of Christ. So definitely legalism leads to being extremely judgmental and divisive. Mm. And that's the thing. Look at any theology or way of thinking, and what is the fruit of that way of living? And people that are legalistic, the fruit is argumentation, frustration, division, and a judgmental mentality. Like, that is not Christ-likeness. Mm. It's not. Uh, it's lording over. You want There's people... In the legalistic realm, there's going to be people that are better than other people. Therefore, they know better and now lord over everyone and control them. That's not Christ-likeness. Jesus said, we don't lord over people like the Gentiles do, but we serve, right? Hmm. Uh, the greatest shall be the least. So uh, I don't know if that's exactly your question, but the fruit of it is really rigid, dry, like ways of living that choke the joy out of people, not infuse the joy of Christ into people. Yeah, why do you think people lean towards that legalism? Um, I think it's been modeled for some. Uh, they inherited that way of thinking, yeah. or they were pastored into that way of thinking. Um, I know, like, you got to read your Bible every day. Uh, you have to read your Bible every morning, right? I believe reading the Bible in the morning is best for you, but... What about the guy who works graveyard? Yeah. Okay, does it apply to him? And a legalistic person, man, there is no bending the rules. Uh, the same chapter that we'll use to say, like, oh, I, I search the scriptures every morning in the early hours. Turn the page. The same chapter says, and in the midnight watch, I search. <laughs> it's, it's like, like, dude, let's be fair. So I think for some it's modeled and introduced through a parent or a pastor or something else for others um, because, so, so take a lot of people that come out of addictions yep. can lean towards legalism because it fills these gaps. Hmm. And it's okay for them if they're like, I got to read my Bible every morning and that has changed my life. Like, praise the Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. You've found regimen and discipline in a godly way has infused Holy Spirit strength. That's great. And because they've experienced it in a good way, they now turn and think everyone has to do it because it works for them. Yeah. And that's where I think the wires get crossed up, um, is that ex experience now becomes the level of expectation rather than the word. Hmm. Well, and also, I think a lot of that stems from control, right? Yep. Of... of um, and and I know I know in the New Testament I know this is something that the church has dealt with from the very beginning, right? We see it, uh, and Paul addresses it often <laughs> in the epistles. Yep. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's to me it's like they're trying to figure out. There's a sense of control that that comes with it too, and it's also it's a religion almost based legalistic yes. versus a relationship. And maybe you could touch on that. Yeah, completely. Uh, very religion versus relationship. And and now, right, people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes. Yeah. And we're not saying you're free in Christ to just make a complete mess out of your life and there's no wise way to live. 
uh, Galatians, the very book that rails on legalism. I mean, destroys it. He says, are you so foolish to, I think, man, (laughs) are you so foolish to think that what you've begun in the spirit, you will now finish in the flesh? Like you're going to somehow perfect what God did? You're nuts. But then you turn the page to chapter five and he says, hey, the works of the flesh are evil. And he lists some drunkenness and revelries and lewdness, and they're bad. And then he talks about what it means to walk in the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit Hmm. is love and joy and peace. So in no way saying like not being legalistic, you're free to just live however you want. Like no way. But it means you are free to pursue the Lord and allow him to direct your steps. Yeah. So, so... How does that look, though? Like, if if I'm not supposed to do, there's certain things in my life that uh, the that are that can lead to destruction, right? But yet, I have the freedom to do whatever I want, right? But do I? And and really, because Jesus is Lord, can yeah. I? Like, there's this, you know. I think that's why people get hung up on this, right? Like, you know, what might be okay for one person to do is not okay for one person, you know, not for the other. And on the extremes and all the way to the simple things of just reading your Bible at certain times of the day, right? So it's not legalistic to call sin, sin. Okay. Sin is sin. Yep. That, that does not change. Um, New Testament, Old Testament, irrelevant. Sin is sin. Yep. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, sin. Murder, sin. Adultery, sin. Drunkenness, sin. Homosexuality, sin. Yep. Uh, It's sin is sin. And it's not legalistic to say so, but to reach into area of lives that are more the traditions of men and styles of of living or whatever you want to call it. You have to bow your head and close your eyes when you pray. You got to wear certain clothes. <laughs> yep. You have to show up to the early church service because that's where the holy people go, right? Uh, if you don't sit in the front of the church, you're not as good as the people, right? It's like, come on, man. Um, so... I think it's really important to understand, dude, sin is still sin. And because sin is sin and God is righteous, uh, it's real. It is so real. When God says, do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. If you sow to the flesh, you go after those fleshly desires, you will reap destruction. If you sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. And so you can be a believer, like, oh, I'm going to drink. Like, dude, you could drive home drunk, man. Like, are you going to all of a sudden lose your salvation? Like, no. But when you run over that kid or hit that tree, like, dude, your life's going to be messed up. Yep. There are consequences to foolish living. Yep. And so being wise as unto the Lord is huge. In fact, I think it takes more faith to leave outside the the confines of legalism than try to ex- then rather than trying to express faith through legalism yep. uh, meaning i am going to trust god in so many variables and allow him to direct my steps throughout each day uh, that i honor him in the most minute ways when no one's looking 
and in the most magnificent ways when everyone's watching. It doesn't matter. Well, I love the word of God uh, because, you know, in the, in the New Testament, you, you see it being addressed, right? You see the Galatians are dealing with legalism. You see the Corinthians are just like, ah, oh, do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you Dude, know? the Corinthians were nuts. <laughs> right. But they're rebuked. So there's clearly like expectations. Yep. To say no law doesn't mean no expectations. Yep. Um, and that's what I think I love, right? The verse, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or profitable. Mm. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. It doesn't Just because you're maybe not going to go to hell mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's good for you. In fact, it could be really, really bad for you. Yeah. Do you, and do you, and same thing, like, do you find people, yeah, I feel like there's either personalities or cultures that maybe lean one way or the other, or maybe you're raised up in a certain denomination or whatever it is, um, you know, maybe you're a type A personality and you need those laws yep. or whatever it is, um, or more, you're, you're more creative and so you're like, I have freedom to do whatever. <laughs> like, and what I know for me, um, to, to navigating that is just knowing who I am in Christ and realizing that all my sin has been paid for uh, by Him, yep. past, present, and future. Knowing that I, uh, in 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 Second Corinthians five twenty one, it says, "For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him, Amen. and that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus." That doesn't mean I get to do whatever I want because I don't. I'm not. I like. I don't have any sin yep. anymore. But it all, like, he, he paid for it, right? Well, it's like, well, I'm already married to my wife, so I guess I can sleep with whoever I want. Like, that makes no sense exactly. at all. Like, well, now that the wedding's over, I can sleep around. Like, I just had to be faithful until the wedding day. Like, you're nuts. Yep. You're absolutely out of yep. your mind. Yep. That wedding day, that moment of salvation is like, dude, we are one now. Jesus yeah. prayed, Lord... His desire was that we would be one with him the way that Jesus was one with the Father, and there's this, like, inseparableness mm-hmm. to him. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. How could you possibly go meddle with the things of the world when you're completely owned by Jesus? Yep. You're the purchased possession. Have you seen people in your life... Um, uh, that maybe have struggled, like dealt with legalism, or more, lean more towards legalism and and being legalistic and having these rules and these laws, and then they fail, and then it's just a spiral. <laughs> that is a great question. I think yeah, and their fall is hard because mm. uh, legalism, if you're good at legalism, creates quite a bit of arrogance and pride. Mm. Look how good I am. Yep. And all of a sudden, God's not your judge, you're your judge, and you're, you're pretty impressed with yourself. And when that person falls and, and, and sins against God, like, they are destroyed. And I mean, there's godly remorse and repentance, and then there's like, dude, Satan is putting you through the grinder. Like, mm. yep. yeah, it's, dude, that fall is terrible. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it both where it's the ego and the pride, which I think, you know, works, leads to that. Right, like because you're saying, look at what I've done, not what Christ has done for me. Right, like you're, it's it's works based religion. I've seen it also where it's works because uh, because you haven't fully accepted that Christ has paid for all all of your sins. Yeah, and that 
and and you're now building a house of cards of your you're trying to keep everything together and you 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 feel out of control maybe but like but like you're you're trying to be legalistic about all these things instead of just resting in what Christ has done. Yep. I mean, think about the two most common reoccurrences of terminology in the New Testament where God wants to relate to us, okay? There's two phrases he uses more than anything else. One is the example of the groom and the bride, mm-hmm. or the bride and the bridegroom, okay, husband and wife, and then father and child. Yeah. Like, those are by far yep. the way he wants us to understand him. And in both of those dynamics, I've had bad days with my kids, all right? Yep. I, I've had bad days with my wife. She's definitely had bad days with me. Like, neither of us are perfect. <laughs> but they're never not my kids. They may be in trouble. Yeah. But if... Every time I could you imagine if every time my car pulled in the driveway, they were afraid, oh no, dad's here. Like, I don't care if yeah. they're vacuuming, cleaning, they're doing homework, or they're laying on the couch watching TV. Like, did you slap your sister? Like, no, okay, good. Uh, did you kick the cat? No, okay, good. Like, you secretly drinking out in the well, even if they did, like, right? Like, yeah, I kicked the cat, dad, and uh. No, I guess I'm not your son anymore. Yeah, it's like, how do you get to that leap? That's that's yeah. crazy. Like, no, you're in trouble. Yeah, like you you might be in huge trouble. Stop kicking the cat. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. But yeah, but, totally. But there's the there's discipline. Yeah, the relationship's unbreakable. Yeah, it is a bond that cannot be reversed. You can't unkid. Like, I have a kid. I don't he's not your, have a kid anymore. Yeah, he's your son or she's your daughter. Hundred percent. And and there's nothing that like and I know with my boys, it's it's sometimes I'd ask myself if I'm being too hard on them. But you know, someone told me one time is like, be hard on your boys, but be but love on them harder. Yep. And and there's this, but there's nothing they could do. I really don't think there's anything they could do where I would not love them. You know, it's crazy. I remember um, I won't say which kid, uh, <laughs> but when they're real little, I think like two or three years old. Okay, they were having a bad minute, like t- toddlers do. They had to have been maybe two years old. I remember holding them, and they were flipping out all angry. And they, I don't, I think it was on purpose. They, like, swung their hand and hit me in the face. <laughs> and it was like, dude, I'm going to destroy you now. <laughs> like, uh, but, <laughs> right? But the reality was that wasn't the emotion. It was the weirdest experience as a father. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. Yeah. I was not angry. Yeah. I was sad. Like, yeah. dude, what the heck? What what just happened yeah. to us? And when we swing against God's will for our lives, uh, dude, he's not going to disown you. Yep. He's broken and wants to restore you. I mean, God says he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, yep. to bring people back into that fellowship that our joy may be full, John says. Well, and how many times have, have our kids, right, like done something wrong? like knowingly rebelled, right? And are in sin or whatever it is. And you're like, I, because I love you, because I want like you to do better, I want you to learn from this. And because I have this deep love for you, I, I have to punish this sin. Yep. I have to discipline you. And I'm going, and, and obviously God is, is perfect at this yes. in our lives. Uh, but it is not, it's not a like a, uh, there's, you know, God doesn't do it because he enjoys punishing us nope. <laughs> at all or disciplining us. It's a, like, you know, he corrects those he loves. Yeah, you know? we run back into the fold. Yep, and, and I think that's it. Like, where legalism is so afraid of failing and saying, you know what, like, you've you've already failed. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, There's nowhere to go but up. You do know that. Yeah, like, like you were dead in your trespasses and sins when he found you. You don't you you deserve we uh, we were talking about this earlier like about deserving things. Like you deserve death. Yep. That's you it. deserve you know you deserve hell. Like that's what we all deserve. It was awesome. A couple nights ago, Wednesday after church, there's a is a lady, young lady that wanted to ultimately give her life to the Lord. And the last question she had is, do you have any other questions? She's like, I just don't feel worthy. I was like, oh, that's easy. You're not. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. You're not. yep. And it was, te- she started tears of joy and is like, worthy? Oh, come on. We're not, we're not worthy of any of God's goodness. He's just good. Well, when I think about that verse in 2 Corinthians that I quoted earlier, it's like that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like, oh, I, I'm not worthy of that. Yep. I'm no not worthy of that. And it brings, um, it definitely brings, it doesn't bring guilt, which is it brings humility. It brings like this, like, like, Lord, like, thank you. <laughs> like just a gratitude, humility, gratitude, like thankfulness, and just knowing that I am free in him as well to kind of bring it back to legalism and freedom and all of that. Like, yep. I don't need to worry about all these little tiny things. I just got to be obedient and faithful with what God's given me. That's right. Um, and 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 that's I think kind of leads into the second question. Like, what does that look like though? How do I be obedient and faithful? How do I safeguard myself from legalism or the opposite of it, right? Of like not even yep. caring yep. what I do or 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 thinking that I had the freedom to to live however my fleshly nature wants to live. Sure. Um, I think you need to realize. You go read Galatians and go read the book of Revelation, the first maybe three, four chapters, and put these things together that there are false believers, right? There are people who live the most ungodly lives. They, they're not backslidden. They are carnal. But because they went to church and they believed that God existed, like before I got saved, I thought I was a Christian because I really believed Christmas was about baby Jesus, and I totally believed he raised from the dead at Easter. Like, therefore, I'm a Christian. Like, no, therefore, you understand Christianity and think it's true. Mm. Being a Christian doesn't mean you think Christianity is true. Being a Christian means you've confessed him as Lord, and you are resting in his accomplishment of the cross and resurrection. Amen. Okay? Um, So there is carnal, there's no such thing as a carnal Christian. There's backslidden Christians, there's lukewarm Christians, but there's no like drunkard who's a Christian. There's no adulterer who's a Christian. There's just not. Who's not legalistic? No. Bible says if you consistently cheat on your wife, you're not a believer. Yeah. If you consistently get drunken, that's a pattern in your life. Dude, you don't know the Lord. You might know about him. You might know about him better than I do, but you don't know him like I do. Mm. And that's that religion relationship yep. thing. Well, I go to church, doesn't matter. You don't know him. Yeah, I think that the relationship thing, I know for me growing up, hearing that all the time is such a hard thing to understand. Well, um, he has to illuminate. It's got to be from the Lord. Right, that's it, right? And it's it's uh, it's it's from the Lord, and it's a seeking after that, though, as well. Like, like seek after him and he will illuminate it. Like, that's it. <laughs> I think one of my favorite promises, it's an Old Testament promise. He says, if anyone seeks me with their whole heart, they will find me. Like, you want to know God? Yeah. 
oh, he's not that far away. Like, he'll be under the first rock you look under. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> crack open your Bible, start praying, boom, God. Like, he's right there. Yep. He wants to be found. He put himself in creation. It says that God's unseen attributes are clearly displayed in all creation. He's put himself in the universe. Like, just, you want him? Go get him. Oh, man, what a beautiful thing, too, like that we get to know and have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. Like, think about that. Like, if you can meditate and think about what that means, just that statement and who the, who he is and the creator of the universe, and that he, then he says, the two relationships I want you to think about are a bride and a husband and a father and a son or yep. a child. Yep. And, and... Man, what, and there's so much to that. And we go from glory to glory yeah. and, and uh, that it becomes illuminated more and more and more. Well, think about even to go beyond the parent-child, the act of adoption mm. is one of the most, it's, it's honestly the strangest concept ever. Yep. And I'll explain that. It's the most illogical thing anyone could ever do is adopt a kid. It's going to cost you a ton of money. Yeah, financially, it's not a wise decision. <laughs> just to bring them home for the first night, you're going to give to that organization a lot of money. And then you're going to have to paint the wall, buy a new bed, bed spread. You're going to have to feed them for the rest of their life, uh, put up with their bad attitudes. Like, all this crazy... You just invited massive responsibility, care, provision, direction, discipleship, discipline into your life that you didn't have before. And yet people go and say, I want to bring this kid into my life. That is, if we as sinful people do that, yeah. imagine when God says, I have adopted you in Ephesians chapter one. Yeah. You've been adopted in. Like there's nothing we bring to the table that God's like, that's why I adopted you because you could do something for me. It's like, <laughs> no, I adopted you because you really impressed me. Like, no. Because you could keep all my laws. I, exactly. Like, nope. I brought you in because I, I love you. Things to meditate on. Don't these things that we're talking about really chew on them yep. and think about them and worship the Lord. It, like, it will drive you to a relationship and to worship him and praise him because you cannot not praise him when you think about Completely. these things. Um, real quick, do you find or do you think people fall into legalism without knowing they're being legalistic or being falling into it? Yeah, I think most people that are becoming or are legalistic uh, – it is with the right heart. It, it usually, I would say, majority of the people, it is a want to honor the Lord. It is a want. To, it's one of two things. It's driven by either a want to honor God or a fearfulness to be judged by Him. Mm -hmm. One of those two. Mm -hmm. The fearfulness to be judged is a very sad thing because they don't understand the love and mercy of God. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. The Bible says. Um, if those are driven to honor him, it's like, okay, that's that's an honorable thing. You're just off base. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, I mean, I think it does a, a, a little bit. I think you, there, there is a thing of like, one, our motives, our heart is wicked, you yeah. know, like all those things. And there really has to come, you have to come to a, a clear understanding of what Christ did for you. I mean, that's what Galatians talks yep. about, right? And and Paul writes about, he's like, do you, do you really think that these accomplishing these things are what saves you like you're 
like, have you not heard anything I've said? Yep. <laughs> like, do you know, why are you giving up this gospel for another? Like, totally. Uh, and he, he, he constantly says it. So yeah, it's, it's, maybe it's done the right motive. Maybe it's done out of ignorance, whatever it is. Um, and what, what would you say then if, uh, and I know we got to wrap up real quick, but if you, if there's someone that's legalistic in your life, or, or that you just see like, man, like you're, they're just so wound up or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. How would you say to go about that? Uh, the best way to get people out of a trap is to ask questions, no matter what the trap is made of. That's what I've been doing with you right yeah, this I whole time. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so if someone's yeah. stuck in something, yep. right? You can't, if you find someone stuck in the mud, you don't just be like, hey, get out of the mud. Dude, throw them a line. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, How'd you get in the mud? <laughs> so begin to ask questions. Like, oh, if you don't read the Bible every morning, like, where does it say that? Did you get that from the word? Uh, and begin to just ask questions. And what's going to happen is they're not going to fight you. They're going to fight the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And so by asking people questions about the trap that they've been consumed by, uh, what's awesome is they're going to have to wrestle it, but they're not going to fight you. They're going to fight the Word, and they're going to fight the Holy Spirit. And trust me, the Holy Spirit knows how to fight. Yep. Okay? So be patient. Yep. Ask questions. Be gentle. They seem strong and aggressive, but they're actually very weak, and they need gentleness and patience. Like we all do. Like we all do. Um, but persistent, patient, ask questions. Uh, and, man, be, when you're around them, be joyful. Yeah, <laughs> to show them the joy of the Lord. Uh, the last thing I just want to read this real quick because I think it shatters legalism, um, destroys it. Right? E- Ephesians two, verses eight and nine clearly talk about salvation is not by works; it's by by grace through faith, not of works, so that we don't boast. Like, yeah, no, no arrogance, man. God saved us, but uh, Colossians two. We can maybe wrap it up and close it with this, land the plane. It says, Christ, through his crucifixion, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, legal, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, legalism. Those things, verse 17, which are just a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And I just love, he says, these things were a shadow. If you look at the ark, right? One door, Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the way. Yep, yep. Like An people example, could yep. only be saved by that one thing. Everything in the Old Testament was a shadow, but Christ is the substance. And he says, man, don't let anyone judge you by this stuff. So don't judge yourself by it and don't let other people judge you by it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And I know we could talk more about this. Yep. We could actually uh, talk a little bit more on the other side of the coin too, right? We probably should. Uh, and, coming uh, soon. On coming soon on another podcast. But a little bit of homework for you guys. Check out homework or check out Galatians, guys. Yep. Check it out. Read it. 
And, you know, it's, it's throughout, this whole legalistic topic is throughout uh, uh, the epistles and acts, and, and, and Paul addresses it quite a bit. But we love you guys. Yep. Um, uh, this was actually a topic that you guys brought up, I think, through a poll on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah, So look right. for those. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Um, but other than that, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.